Let's start the podcast. Your average fight fan. Alright guys, welcome back to episode 14 of the Your Average Fight Fan Podcast. My name is Juan, I'll be your host. Uh, this week we're going to talk about UFC 253, Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa, which is on Fight Island, so Fight Island is back, and it's back in a big way. Uh, but I want to go over a few things today, not just the UFC event, but also I want to talk about uh, other things like Hamzat Jumaev, uh, the UFC having a new lightweight uh, addition to the division. Bellator has a new broadcasting partnership and some other good stuff that was announced. And uh, we'll go over that a little bit later in the podcast. By the way, if you heard my previous episode, then you know that I predicted a fight for the first time, saying that Colby Covington would beat Tyrone Woodley and that if Woodley won, I would apologize to him publicly. Well, I'm happy to report that Colby did win the fight. So I guess that technically makes me 1-0 and in uh, fight predictions. <laughs> but also, the more, more importantly, there's no apology needed. And I will not need, uh, excuse me, I will not be predicting any more fights going forward. So, <laughs> so uh, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button so you know what's coming up in the future with new content and all that good stuff. And uh, if I ever slip up and predict a fight again, we'll see what happens there. All right, uh, this will be the first of five Saturdays in a row on Yas Island Abu Dhabi, better known by now as Fight Island. Um, as you may or may not know, this card is actually putting two championships on the line. The co-main event will be for the vacant light heavyweight title. That's, 100, that's uh, excuse me, 205 pounds. And the main event will be for the middleweight title, which is 185 pounds. If you're an MMA fan or even just a casual UFC fan, this should get you pretty excited. Two title fights, back-to-back, middleweight and light heavyweight, pretty awesome. I would be, well, shit, I am. I'm very excited for that. So let's get right into it. Let's get right into the fight card and discuss why I think, and I've said this before a few times, why this card on paper looks to be a little flat. However, even though it looks like that way on paper, it does look to be pretty flat, hopefully it doesn't mean that it will be. Um, I think there's a few cards on here that, or excuse me, a few fights down here that could surprise some people and actually end up being pretty entertaining. That's what I'm hoping. Um, so let's just start with, you know, the co-main event. You're going to see the number one ranked Dominic Reyes with a record of 12 and one, seven knockouts and two submissions. He's going to be standing across the cage from the number three ranked Jan Blachowicz. Uh, he's got a record of 26 and eight. He's got nine knockouts and nine submissions. Like I'm sure you probably already know from other sources and even from hearing me discuss it in previous episodes, the light heavyweight title is now vacant due to John Jones leaving the division. Looking, He's looking for a bigger challenge. He's going, he's moving up the middle, uh, excuse me, to heavyweight. He's looking for bigger and better things. Let's see how that goes for him. By him leaving the light heavyweight division, since both of these fighters made championship weight, and assuming it does not end in a draw, this fight will crown a new light heavyweight champion for the first time or excuse me, for the second time in a decade. The last time it happened was when John Jones was stripped of the title for multiple offenses outside the sport, uh, causing him to be arrested, among other things, as well as testing positive for banned substance a handful of times. All that stuff meant that his title was stripped, 
And that led to Daniel Cormier winning the vacant title after beating Anthony Rumble Johnson. Well, this time, there's not going to be much drama behind why the belt is vacant. But nonetheless, this will be a great fight. You got two top contenders going at it. One in his absolute physical prime. The other one is getting towards the beginning of the end of his career. The fighter in his physical prime is, is Dominic Reyes. He's only 30 years old. His opponent, Blakowicz, is now 37. And if he doesn't succeed on Saturday night, it may be his last opportunity to fight for a title. So we'll see what happens there. Only time will tell. But both of these guys have knockout power in both hands, and they can stop the fight with one shot, making this fight very intriguing. It's a very intriguing matchup because of these reasons. But Reyes was on a 12-fight win streak just before losing his first bout to the now former champ John Jones, while Jan Blachowicz is riding a three-fight win streak coming into this fight. Vegas has this uh, favored for Dominic Reyes. They have him at minus 270, uh, making Blachowicz the underdog at plus 230. So we'll see what happens there, but those are pretty good odds. I mean, like I said, Reyes is the younger, you know, primed fighter, where Blachowicz is still an absolute monster, but he is getting towards the end of his career, so... I can understand why it would be Dominic, who, who is the favorite here. Well, well, let's see. Let's see what happens. Moving into the main event, we will see something that actually hasn't happened in many, many years. Two undefeated fighters in the prime of their careers fighting for a championship title in the UFC. You're going to have number two ranked Paulo Boracinha, which means the eraser in Brazilian or Portuguese. Paulo Costa, he's 13-0, 11 knockouts, one submission. He takes on the new superstar and current champ, the last stylebender, Israel Adesanya. He's 19-0. He's got 14 knockouts, uh, and they're going for the middleweight title. I think this fight is going to be one of those fights that you remember for a long time. Like other fights before, they just kind of stick in your mind, and they, you know, they come up when you talk about fights. Like, oh, remember this fight? Remember that fight? I think this is going to be one of those fights. When you have... Two completely different styles going head to head. It makes for it makes for an awesome fight. Like I understand that both of these guys are primarily strikers. You know, where the challenger, Paulo Costa, he has a the type of style where he's always moving forward. He's always looking to knock people out with his power shots and his pressure. While the champion, he has a much different approach. The style the last style bender likes to wait for that perfect moment. He likes to aim and counterattack his opponents. And as he said, the last stylebender said this. He said, everyone has power. I don't need power. I have precision. And, and, you know, I'm not saying he's correct on that, but he is very, very accurate with his striking. And he's got that speed and precision that a lot of fighters don't have. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited to see what happens. And I'm very excited to see how this story ends because they've been going at it for a while. And for some reason, I mean, this, this, could, be, this could be the beginning of a trilogy. Both of these guys are young. They're in the like I said, they're in the prime of their fighting careers. They're undefeated. This could be a this could be one of those trilogies that we that we treasure for for <laughs> the next couple of years here. What's gonna happen? Is the powerful superhero looking dude, the challenger, is he gonna be able to land those power shots and put the champion away? Or is the skinny, as they call him, skinny, the taller fighter, had the have that advantage with his speed and precision? That's I don't know, man. That's gonna be a good, good fight. I'm excited. I'm pumped for that. I got to be honest, man. MMA is such a great sport. And it's not because it's better or worse than any other sport. It's not better than basketball or worse than football. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with any of that. It's just because 
it has so many ways to excite you, so many ways to impress you, just to show you that like something can be done in so many different ways, no matter how many times people tell you, now there's only one way you can do that. It's there's so many ways that you can that you can do things. And in this particular case, there's so many ways that that this fight could end up. It could end up being a decision. It could end up being a knockout in the first round. It could end up being a crazy blowout madness fight that it goes. Oh, man, there's this is crazy. This is one of those crazy, crazy fights that you really, really, really don't know what the hell's going to happen. You know, this could be like when Stylebender fought Bobby Knuckles, Robert Whitaker. It was something that everybody was expecting Robert Whitaker and, and, and Israel Adesanya to go five rounds. Well, it ended in two rounds quick. It was a nasty knockout. Uh, it could also be like when Paulo Costa fought Yoel Romero. I mean, that was a crazy fight. That fight went five rounds, and, and it was – was it five rounds or was it three rounds? Either way, it was a crazy fight. That was a back-and-forth brawl, just crazy madness going on there with each guy getting knocked down. That was an awesome fight, and this could be something like that. You know, these both these guys could knock each other down. Who knows what the hell could happen in this fight? This is going to be a crazy fight. I'm so pumped for this fight. So that's what I mean by, you know, MMA is such a great sport. It, it shows you that there's so many different ways that things can be done. It's not just either this guy's going to knock that guy out or that guy's going to submit him. That's not how it works. MMA, mixed martial arts, is just that. It's martial arts, and there's so many different types of martial arts. When you mix all those together, there's endless possibilities. Yes, sometimes there is the, you know, I don't know, the guy that hasn't lost in 10 years fighting another challenger that you most likely know is going to lose. That does, of course, that happens, and that happens in every sport. That happens in boxing, that happens in football, that happens in basketball, that happens in soccer, it happens in hockey. happens every time in every sport. But for the most part, there's so many different things that could happen, and there's so many different outcomes that could happen. And I'm, I'm really, really pumped for what this fight brings us. Now, with all that being said, Vegas does have the slash style bender Israel Adesanya as a very slight favorite here at minus 175, which makes Boracinha, Paulo Costa, the underdog at plus 150. It's not a huge difference, but it is enough to make the last style bender the favorite coming into this fight. Now, why do you ask? It could be because he's got 19 victories. He's undefeated. He is the champion. He knocked out the former champion. Um, there's many reasons why. And then you're asking, why is Boracinha the underdog? Uh, well, again, same reason. Why is he such a slight underdog? Because he's 13-0, because he's undefeated, because he knocks everybody out, because of his style. Who knows? It's it, There's many different reasons why one person is a favorite and one person is not. Um, if I had to guess, if I had to guess one of the reasons, it's because Boracinha likes to come forward and throw crazy power and apparently he gasses out and stylebender or the last stylebender likes to like i said he likes to sit back he likes to wait he likes to counter strike he's very accurate and he does not gas out so who knows that might be one reason it might not be who knows but like i said this fight is going to be fireworks i'm so pumped for this fight now i want to mention the fights that I think will surprise people and will end up being good fights, even though the fighters may not have household names. Starting with the prelims, I'm going to work my way back up to the main card. Now, again, I did tell you that this fight could be, I mean, this fight card could be a, uh, a flat card based on the names, but these are the, these are the fights that I think 
could change that and could end up being good fights that people don't have on their radar. Okay, so kicking off the prelims, you're going to have William Knight fighting Alexa Kamor at light heavyweight. Both these guys bring good records to the bout. William has an uh, 8 and 1 record, and he is fighting the undefeated Alexa at 6 and 0. Oh. Both of these guys are actually products of Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, which, uh, if you don't know, uh, it puts up and coming fighters from other organizations against each other to uh, fight for a prize, which is a UFC contract. So every single week when the season starts, they, they, they do it in seasons now. So now every week is a new episode and they have, you know, X amount of fights, usually four of, like I said, up and coming fighters from other organizations who fight each other for a UFC contract, which obviously if you know MMA, UFC is the largest organization in the world for MMA. They might not pay the most, but they do have the most eyes and they do have the most power for as far as PR goes and, and sponsors and all that good stuff. So usually to get a contract from the UFC on this show, you have to impress the UFC brass, which is usually in attendance. And so, and you know what? Winning by decision, it's just not going to cut it. It's you could You could put a hell of a fight up, but if you win by decision... Chances are you're probably not going to get a contract because, like I said, there's four fights. Maybe the other two or three, you know, ended by knockout and yours is by decision. So chances are you might not get that knockout or, excuse me, that contract. Um, you're going to need a knockout or submission. In this particular case, both of these guys were awarded UFC contracts for winning by knockout. Um, so that was pretty cool. And now, again, they're both in the UFC officially with their contracts. And Vegas Odds has Kamor as the favorite here at minus 170, making William Knight the underdog at plus 140. Again, not a major difference, slight favorite at one, minus 170. But I like this fight because, like I said, both of these guys like to stand and bang. Their records are very good. So let's see what happens. I think this is going to be a, a good fight. All right, two fights after that, still in the prelims. You have Diego Sanchez. They call him the Nightmare. He'll be fighting Jake Matthews, the Celtic kid. Jake Matthews, if you don't know, is an Australian fighter. Very good kid. Well-rounded. Diego Sanchez, on the other hand, is one of the original fighters from UFC's reality show, The Ultimate Fighter Season 1. That aired in 2005. Do the math. 15 years ago. That means he's been in the UFC for the better part of 15 years. Okay, Diego Sanchez is now 38 years old. He brings a record of 32-12. and 12. He's got 10 knockouts and 6 admissions. And you know what? He's made it clear. He's got 4 fights left on his contract, and those will be the last 4 fights of his, of his MMA career. He made that clear. He wants everybody to understand that. He's not re-signing. He will retire after his last 4 fights. One thing he also did mention was uh, his last fight, his retirement fight, he wants it to be against Conor McGregor. Everyone. And I mean everyone knows that's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't care if you've never watched a combat sports fight in your entire life. If somebody says to you, hey, uh, Diego Sanchez wants to fight Conor McGregor, you say, not going to happen. <laughs> but you know what? The funny thing is that Conor McGregor actually tweeted his agreeance to fight Diego for his retirement fight. He said, I agree. Remember when I said that fight would never happen? Yeah, that fight would never happen. <laughs> Conor McGregor's agreed to a lot of fights that he's never gone through with. So, yeah, I repeat, never going to happen. Anyway, 
uh, standing in the way of Diego's fantasy of fighting Connor is going to be Jake Matthews. Like I said, this kid has been in the UFC since he was 20 years old. He is now 26. He holds an impressive 16 and four record. He's got four knockouts and seven submissions. Jake is younger. He's faster. He's taller. He comes in with a half inch reach advantage over Sanchez. All signs point to Jake Matthews coming out on top, coming out as the victor in this fight, including Vegas. Vegas has the odds. Oh my God. <laughs> Vegas has the odds for Jake at minus 700. Yep, you heard that right. Favored at minus 700 to Diego's plus 500. Those are some pretty crazy odds. Minus 700 to plus 500. That means if you bet on Diego to win, you put $100 down and you win 500. If you want Jake to win, you have to bet 700 to win 100. That's what the odds mean. That means Jake is a 7 to 1 favorite and Diego is a 5 to 1 underdog. That's what that means. All right. Now, Diego has been in fights like this one where no one, no one thought he had a chance in hell to win this fight. And he's come out on top in the past. So I'm not saying he's going to win this particular fight, but... What I am saying is, it's anyone's guess. Let's see what happens. Saturday night, something crazy could happen, or Vegas had it completely right, and Jake Matthews walks through him. Let's see what happens. That's why I love this sport. Okay, moving on. Rounding out the, the prelims, you're going to have Brad Riddle from Auckland, New Zealand, taking on the Brazilian, Alex Da Silva. The Kiwi fighter, who is on a five-fight win streak, brings a record of 8-1 and one with five knockouts, and crazy kind of cool fact is that he's one of four fighters on this card that trains at City Kickboxing in Auckland. The other three of his training partners are Kai Kara France, Shane Young, and obviously the middleweight champion Israel Adesanya. He is their, I guess, their main guy now, along with uh, Alex Volkanovsky, which is the featherweight champion. Now, Brad Riddle's opponent, Alex Da Silva, he brings a very impressive 21-2 and two record to this fight with 13 knockouts and 7 submissions. He's coming off a win in his last... Uh, last time he fought was August of last year, so he's, it's been a little while. But he didn't win that fight. So, I think based off that and the fact that uh, Brad Riddle trains at, um, at City Kickboxing, I think that's why they have him as the favorite here at minus 310, making Alex Da Silva the, the underdog at plus 240. I think just not having to... F- not having fought in a year, it's it's you know it's tough when you have that time that much time off and you're facing someone that is clearly training at an excellent gym because they have two champions in the UFC and they have a few of the guys that are in top five in different divisions. So they are interesting odds based off their records and where they come from. But I understand that that they, that Riddle would be the favorite based off what I just mentioned. So again, let's see how Vegas does in this one. They they. They have a pretty good track record <laughs> in general, but sometimes they get it wrong. So who knows? Let's see what happens. Uh, the last fight I'm going to mention is one that I thought was going to surprise a bunch of people. Um, it was uh, Mean Hakim Dawodu versus uh, Zubaira the Warrior Tukugov. This was supposed to be... Yeah, I know that the names are ridiculous. I know. Uh, this was supposed to be a featherweight bout at 145 pounds. Unfortunately, Tukugov missed weight by four pounds and he missed the limit by four pounds. So the limit is 146 pounds in the 145 pound division. He came in at 150 pounds. Uh, 
So because of that, he's forced to surrender his, uh, a big portion of his fight purse to Hakim, and the fight has to be changed to a catchweight should Hakim accept to those terms and say, yes, I will fight him at a catchweight of 150. He can say no. He can say, no, I will not fight. I do not wish to fight this man at a different weight. I made weight at 145 pounds. It's not my fault that he did not make weight. But I'm pretty confident that Hakim is going to say, yes, I'll fight this asshole for not making weight. Um, I will fight him at a catchweight of 150. But the problem is, since the since it will be a different weight, there's no way to tell how that's going to affect e- either fighter. Now, it could affect either one. You know, it, it is... Most of the time, it's an advantage for the guy that didn't make weight because he didn't have to cut those extra pounds, you know, making his body go through all of that. But at the same time, you're training for somebody who weighs 145 pounds and you're training your body to reach that. So it could be, you know, it could be like something that affects either fighter. Let's see what happens. I still think regardless of this crazy differences in weight, I still think this is the Trojan horse of this entire fight card. I think this is going to be the secret uh, card, the fight that surprises everybody. Hopefully that's still the case. Either way, Hakeem is the Canadian here who brings a 11 and one record with seven knockouts. He's riding a four fight win streak. Um, while his opponent, the Russian has a record of 19 and four again, seven knockouts. Uh, he has one submission to his record and he's coming off a knockout win in his last fight too. Both guys like to stand and bang, uh, which is why I think this is going to be such a good fight. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully it lives up to to what I think it will be, regardless of that last minute weight change. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do. You know that for Hakeem, you do your job, you train, you go there, you make weight, and there's there's it's it's just not under your control. There's nothing you can do. The only thing he has the option to do is say no, I will not fight him, or yes, I will fight him, regardless of him missing weight. You know the benefits of that is again he will make more money, but he's fighting a guy that didn't make weight, so. In this particular fight, Vegas has the Russian Tukugov as the slight favorite at minus 140, uh, making Hakeem the underdog at plus 110. I'm not surprised that that is the case. You know, a lot, like I said, a lot of times when somebody misses weight, they use it to their advantage. um, And those extra, in this case, five pounds could make a huge difference. So we'll see what happens. You know, there's just not much that Hakeem can do here, you know, there's just, there's just not much he can do. So I really hope that this fight lives up to what it was supposed to be or what I thought it would be, but let's, let's see what happens. You know, I don't know. I don't know what to expect anymore, but I'm, I don't know what to expect as far as the outcome. I still expect this fight to be a really good fight and hopefully it still is what I thought it would be. All right, so that that wraps up fight talk for as you know what I wanted to mention as far as the fights that I think will surprise people, but I still have some cool things to talk about. I want to talk about MMA news, something new that I'm bringing to the show that I think I think will you know spice it up a bit. So I just want to get into some news that I that I did some research on over the over the past week or so, um, and I want to start with what I think is the hottest news in MMA right now. The UFC have officially signed Michael Chandler, who has long been considered one of the best lightweights on the planet. Michael Chandler, who, if you don't know, uh, was a three-time Bellator lightweight champion. He is also coming off a very dominant and very impressive first-round knockout win over former lightweight champion in the UFC, Benson Henderson. Beating Benson Henderson is very difficult, and beating him with a knockout in the first round is 
almost impossible. If you see Michael Chandler's physique, he's 34 years old, all right? He's not young. If you see what he looks like right now, he looks like he trains with Ivan Drago in Russia from Rocky Three, Or, yeah, Rocky Three. No, Rocky Four. excuse me. Rocky Four. Ivan Drago in Russia. In fact, he's actually in training camp right now. Michael Chandler is in training camp right now for the possibility of being the backup for the lightweight championship fight scheduled for October 24th on Fight Island between Habib and Gaethje. I don't know if you know what being a backup means, but if you don't, I'll explain it to you. It means that if you agree to be a backup for a particular fight, in this case being a championship fight, you have to sign a contract. You can't just say, yes, I agree. You have to actually sign a fight agreement that says if somebody backs out or if somebody does not make the fight for whatever reason, I will step in and fight the other person, regardless of who it is. So what does that mean? That means that you need to do everything that the fighters that are scheduled to fight do. You have to do that as well. So what better way to experience everything and get the UFC jitters, which is a big, big thing for a lot of people that come into the UFC. Get that right out of the way. You're already at Fight Island. You have to make weight. You're meeting all the US, uh, UFC staff. You're going through the PR. You're doing all the stuff like taking pictures, being part of the media scrums. Uh, you're meeting with a tons, of, tons of reporters, which, by the way, he is already doing. He's, t- he's already talking to ESPN, Ariel Hawani, and, and, ES- and, um, and uh, Chael Sonnen. He's, he's talking to all these guys already. Which is normal, you know. That's normal when you sign when you sign with the UFC. But once you get to Fight Island, he will be doing all that, just like if he was fighting uh, for the championship. So, what better way to do that than to feel like you're in a fight for the biggest and best MMA organization in the world? You know what I mean? Like best case scenario for Chandler, obviously not for the other two fighters, but best case scenario for Chandler, someone pulls out of the fight, whatever the reason may be, he steps in. Win or lose, doesn't matter. Worst case scenario, he does all of this. He trains, he makes weight, he does the media scrums, he talks to the reporters, takes all these pictures, PR stuff, all that stuff, and he doesn't fight. That's worst case. Either way, it's still a great opportunity for this man to, like I said, feel everything from inside, not from people telling you what to do or uh, you know, being a, a cornerman for a UFC fighter. No, you're doing this as the fighter, from inside, getting to know exactly what to expect from the MMA machine that is the UFC. Not to mention, he's going to get paid for doing this. Granted, it's not a lot of money, but it's still getting paid. He, he, he will have enough to pay for the, for the training camp. He'll have enough to pay for his coaches. You know, all that stuff will be paid for. And then he'll still have a little money left over to buy a couple of things for the wife when he returns home after the fight, whether he fights or not. Um, if he fights, obviously, it's going to be a lot more. But if he doesn't fight... He still gets money. The way I see it, there's no part of this, of any of it, that's bad for Michael Chandler. There's not, there's no, there's no downside to, to being the backup here. You're a new person for the organization. You are, in my opinion, a top five lightweight in the world, not just in the UFC or not just in Bellator. So what's what's bad about him, you know, being in the limelight, meeting all these people, getting to do all this stuff that a fighter would do, getting the jaders out of the way. All that stuff, all that stuff is 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 beneficial for Chandler. So I'm kind of excited to see, you know, if this doesn't pan out the way he thinks it's going to or the way he hopes it's going to, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see who they're going to put in front of him for his first fight. I mean, there's there's a lot of options for him. He doesn't have to necessarily fight somebody in the top five. He could fight anybody in the top 10. Either way, I mean, this is huge for the division and huge for obviously for the promotion. The UFC just got a, like I said, one of the long time, you know, 
he's been he's been on people's radar for who knows i mean he's been fighting professionally for 11 years but he's been in in the conversation for the best one of the best lightweights in the world for at least the last five years former three-time bellator champ the guy's a monster he trains like a monster he fights like a monster every fight he's in is exciting i i don't see how this is gonna be a bad thing so again i'm i'm excited for this this is really really cool and i'm glad that they got him because he he deserves to be in an organization that will promote him the right way. I'm not saying that Bellator does not promote their fighters the right way. What I mean by the right way is that they, there's no other organization in the world can get that can get as many eyes on someone as the UFC, for various reasons. Because of their, you know, they're on ESPN. They are the leading MMA organization right now. Uh, they have been for the past 25 years. Every every social media outlet that covers combat sports covers the UFC. Uh, every sports outlet now, whether it be ESPN or Fox News or excuse me, Fox uh, Sports or any of those, all the big guys cover the UFC now. And there's no better way to get your name out there than to be part of and possibly be in the most anticipated fight of the year, which is Gaethje versus Habib. There's just no better way. So whether he fights or not, this is good for Michael Chandler. Okay, so... We're going to move on. Uh, we're going to move on to a fight announcement that the UFC just made official, which is uh, Robbie Lawler will be fighting Mike Perry. Uh, that's going to be a welterweight fight, and it's going to be scheduled for November 21st, and that will be part of the two uh, UFC 255 card, which as of right now does not have a location, but I think it's pretty safe to say, you know, due, with the, due to the pandemic and all that good stuff, I, I think it's pretty safe to say it's going to be in Vegas. UFC 255 is supposed to have two title fights, by the way. Uh, supposedly, the headliners will be two flyweight titles. So you're going to have the, the men's flyweight title between the champion Davis and Figueredo. He will be taking on Cody Garbrandt, who is the former bantamweight champion, who is now dropping down to flyweight to, to, to try to take the title away from Davis and Figueredo. And then you also have the women's flyweight title, who I think is going to be a freaking banger because i love valentina shevchenko she is an absolute destroyer <laughs> uh, she's gonna be fighting jennifer maya so i mean if it's confirmed that these two title fights are on the on the card and then you have mike perry and robbie lawler on that that's gonna be a pretty good fight that's shaping up to be pretty good and once it is confirmed you know i'll update you guys but that's that's pretty cool if if, if uh if that's what it's gonna be i'm excited about that so again that's november 21st and it's going to be uh, UFC 255. Okay, so I'm kind of pumped about that. That's that's pretty that's pretty cool. All right, moving on. Next we have Hamzat Chimaev. In case you did not catch his 17 second knockout win last week over Gerald Mearshart, yeah, go ahead and watch that video. Yeah, you'll thank me later. Go ahead and watch that video. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys met, I don't know if you guys caught my previous episode, but I did talk about Ham, uh, Hamzat Chimaev getting all this hype behind them. And I, I, I was saying how disrespectful it was for Gerald Mearshart to get, you know, kind of thrown thrown in the wind here, saying that he was just going to walk through Mearshart and, you know, he has another bite, a fight booked with um, Damian Maya. Well, anybody who doubted this man got their mouth shut in 17 seconds. More than enough time to shut somebody's mouth. So like I said, go ahead and watch that video. 17 second knockout. Hamzat Chimaev over Gerald Mearshart. 
Well, in the news today, he tweeted that his next fight will be a five-round main event against a top 10 fighter. And the craziest thing is that the UFC confirmed this to be true. So, the rumors are that if Damian Maya does not sign, or for whatever reason they can't get Damian Maya to to fight Hamzat, um, they're looking at Steven Wonderboy Thompson as a replacement for Damian Maya. So you're looking at a possible Hamzat Chimaev, Steven Wonderboy Thompson main event five round fight for a UFC fight night event. Listen, apparently the date is already set. And the UFC is only waiting for the opponent to be finalized for them to officially announce this fight. That's going to be crazy. Now, obviously, it cannot be within the next five weeks because all of those main events have been announced unless they bump somebody down. I mean, if you think about it, they could they could bump. Realistically, they could bump. Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. They could do that, but that would be too soon. That's that's literally next week. They could bump Marlon Marais, Cody Sanhagen. I don't think that they would do that. So realistically, it's not going to be in the month of October. And if it is, it would be the last, the last week in October, which would be, I believe, what is that, the 30th, I think? Or possibly the, the yeah, like October 30th. Whatever the last... Saturday in October was that could be a potential date for it. But as of right now, it's not official. It's just it's just official that he is in a main event fight and it is be it is gonna be a um top ten opponent. That's the only thing that's official. They do say that they have a, a, a date set, they have not announced it. However, either way, Damian Maya or Steven Wonderboy Thompson, both awesome, awesome fights against this kid. This kid is twenty six. I think he's nine and now running through people. He knocked out Gerald Mearshart at middleweight in 17 seconds. That's madness. Think about this. Like I said, the data set, the fight will be announced as soon as they finalize the opponent. Just so you know, as usual, Hamzat said, listen, I don't care if it's welterweight or middleweight. I'm down for both. You just let me know. I'll make the weight. This kid is blowing up so fast. After three fights in the UFC, three finishes, by the way, he's going to headline a fight night card. That's crazy, dude. Crazy. Who knows what the future holds for this kid if he continues to win? Reminds me of a certain Irish fella. That's a terrible Irish accent. I apologize. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Three fights, three finishes. He's going to headline a card with a top 10 opponent. Let's see what the magic of MMA holds for this future superstar. And I mean, he is going to be a superstar if he continues to win. His name is everywhere already. So, listen, Hamzat, good luck. I'm sorry I ever doubted you. If I ever did, this man is going to have a hype train like you don't believe in the coming weeks. As soon as they announce this fight, crazy, 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 crazy it's going to be. All right, moving on. Another interesting story I saw is that Johnny Walker is calling out Anthony Smith. Well, Anthony Smith saw the call out and he responded, you know, he was on he was in an interview and he said among other things, I'll beat the shit out of you. 
Anthony is coming off, you know, back-to-back losses, unfortunately. And Walker is actually coming off a first-round knockout win. So, apparently Walker has called out Anthony Smith three times now. And because their paths are getting closer in terms of rankings, the UFC is actually considering this fight. That's going to be a good fight if they do. That's going to be a great fight. Two big guys that can end it with one shot. Both of these guys are super nice. (laughs) But if need be, they can tear your head off. I would definitely be interested in that fight. That would be dope. So, I mean, I'm interested. Let's see what happens. Let's see what the UFC comes up with. I would be, I would definitely be down for, to watch that fight. Johnny Walker against Anthony Smith? Hell yeah. Um, of course, that would be a 205 pounds. That would be a light heavyweight fight. Um, but yeah, hell yeah, I'd be down for that fight. That would be awesome. So let's see what happens. Hopefully, the UFC can make that happen. I'm not sure what the rankings are for these two guys, but I know it's getting closer. I know... You know, Anthony is Anthony Smith's on his way up, which means he's his his number is going higher, um, which is not good. And Johnny Walker's number is going down. His number is getting lower, which is what everybody wants. You know, so listen, they're getting closer, and and that seems like a really that seems like that would be an awesome fight, man. That would be so good. All right, now for some big big news that came out of Bellator today. It has been confirmed that Bellator MMA, who is owned by Viacom, will be ditching Paramount Network. Thank goodness. God, Paramount is the worst. <laughs> Jesus, their their app is terrible. Their channel sucks. It's not on any, you know, I have Xfinity Comcast here in Florida, and it's not on that. It sucks. It's Paramount is terrible. Well, they're ditching Paramount for Viacom's new merger, CBS Sports Network. This is huge. This is huge for, for, for the promotion for many reasons. I think the top reason being that CBS is a major network and can reach a million times more of an audience than Paramount ever could. Paramount is, uh, yeah, they're just, they suck. They, they suck in every aspect. <laughs> they're good at making movies. Stick to that. They, don't, they suck at, at sports. But the first fight card that's been confirmed for uh, uh, Bellator on CBS will be Bellator 247. That's in Milan, Italy. Uh, it's going to be on October th- uh, 1st, Thursday, October 1st. That's going to be headlined by Paul Daly versus Derek Anderson, followed by Bellator Paris on Saturday, October 10th. That's going to be headlined by Michael Venom Page, another one of their big stars. He'll be fighting Ross Houston, and they also will have a heavyweight bout there with Czech Congo taking on uh, Tim Johnson. After that, that will be their Europe tour. After that, they will return to the U.S. for their card on Thursday, October 15th, which will be in Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun Arena. That's going to be Chris Cyborg defending her featherweight title for the first time at Bellator against the Australian Arlene Blanco. I mean, listen, if you like Bellator or you don't like Bellator, you're going to know who Bellator is coming up. This is huge news for them. Think about this. An MMA organization that's trying to compete, they're trying their best to compete with the big dog on the block, which is obviously the UFC. Having a giant network like CBS, that can't hurt. It can only make things better. So listen, everybody talks shit about Bellator, telling their name is horrible. I agree. I think that's the stupidest name. That they don't have great fighters. I disagree with that. They definitely have great fighters. They might not have as many great fighters, but they definitely have great fighters. You know, there's so many, there's so many stuff that you can talk bad about you, uh, about the uh, Bellator MMA, starting with the name, but they signed with CBS. That's a, that's a channel that everybody has access to. It's a major network. 
It's free. And I think their sports network channel is part of basic cable. Like, and by basic cable, I mean like, you know, like ESPN and all that stuff. This is huge. This is a, this is a huge step for them. Moving forward, they, they're going to get a lot bigger. They're going to, cause listen, Viacom has endless amounts of money. Their income is just unattainable, uncountable. There's no way you could ever count how much money Viacom has. They own who knows how many channels and they just merged with CBS. One of the biggest networks in the world. This is huge. This is huge news for, for, for Bellator. So congratulations to them. Um, let's see what the magic of Scott Coker can produce now that you're on a major network. So again, congratulations to them. This is huge. All right. Last thing I want to touch on something really quick. I don't want to make, you know, a big deal about it, but I, I, I didn't want to mention it because it's not official and it hasn't been confirmed, but it seems to be picking up steam. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to, here goes, here goes. All right. Since the top five of the UFC's light, uh, lightweight division, it's pretty locked up right now. You know, most of their fighters have fights booked, except for Dustin and Tony, which were supposed to fight each other, and then that, that fight fell through. It could still be put on one of these fight cards coming up. And not to mention that a title shot is not in the foreseeable future for this man. It seems that Conor McGregor is trying to convince Manny Pacquiao to fight him in a boxing match either in December or early January. Now, understand, this to me seems a little far-fetched, but apparently Dana's on board. Dana likes the idea, and he's trying to make this happen, again, in December or January, and he's trying to book it for L.A. He wants this to happen in L.A. for various reasons, you know, licensing and all that stuff. L.A. will allow fights to happen that other other athletic commissions will not allow. So um, California has certain leniencies that others don't. That makes sense that they want to do it in LA. Um, but think about that. If it happens, it could be huge money, not only for the fighters, obviously, for, for Connor and Manny, but huge money for the promoters, UFC and Al Heyman, because now, finally, Manny Pacquiao finally left Bob Aram's promotion, and he signed with Al Heyman which is huge because Al Heyman has very, very good fighters and he has a good reputation. If this actually does happen, again, I would not bring this up since it's not official, but it looks like something to keep an eye out for. So if this does happen, this is going to be a giant fight. I don't know if it'll be as big as Mayweather, Connor, but it'll be close. Manny Pacquiao, he's one of the most famous and loved people in the world everybody knows who Manny Pacquiao is he's so big in in his home country of the Philippines that when he fights the entire country gets shut down everybody stops what they're doing even politics stop so that they can watch him fight he's he's a he's a very very famous man a lot of people love him and this would be a giant fight I, like I said I don't think who knows I, I don't know if it'll be as big as Mayweather um, Mayweather Pacquiao or Mayweather Connor but it will be a giant fight, regardless of what you think of Manny Pacquiao, regardless of what you think of Conor McGregor, this will be huge if it happens. So if anything else comes out about it, if it does, you know, get closer, or if I continue to hear, you know, that it is picking up steam, I'll keep you guys updated on the situation. But as of right now, it's just that it's just a rumor. So 
let's see what happens. All right. Um, that's all I have for you guys this week. If you haven't already, please click that subscribe button so uh, you can stay up to date on anything that's upcoming as well as anything else from the channel. You can go back and watch other videos if you like. I appreciate all the support. I want to thank you guys for all the support you guys have been giving me, you know, on social media and through text messages and all that stuff. I really appreciate you. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, you can find me on social media. All the links will be in my, in the description below the like button, which you should have already clicked <laughs> again. Thank you for the support. As always, I am Juan, and this is your average fight fan. Stay safe out there later.